Hello, welcome and happy 2020. You're listening to Song Stories, Quiet Stories, Episode 20, Twelfth Night. I'm your host, Carolyn Merced. Today's the very last day of the year. If you're familiar with the Christmas song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, according to the original tradition, today would be the seventh day of Christmas. Many, including retailers, have taken this 12-day tradition and used it as a countdown before the beloved holiday. Many have used it as a challenge to find 12 people or families to secretly leave gifts for on the doorstep. Every year, including this one, my husband and I have found gifts on our doorstep from givers who identify themselves and from givers who don't. Thank you all. We appreciate your thoughtfulness. My mom, Nora Trujillo Chatwin, would be 91 years old a few days from now. She grew up in the 1930s in the northern New Mexican town of Taos, where most of the residents were Catholic. Her family, even though they were not Catholic, observed with everyone else El Dia de los Reyes on January 6th. In English, it's called Three Kings Day or Epiphany. They celebrated with each child leaving an empty shoe with a note inside under their bed or on the porch on the eve of January 5th, the 12th day of Christmas, to be filled with gifts from the three wise men who gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the baby Jesus centuries ago. Typical gifts that my mom and her siblings got were fruit and nuts. I also grew up in Taos, but by the 1960s and 70s, my brothers and sisters and I hung hand-sewn stockings on our fireplace mantle on Christmas Eve for Santa to place goodies inside. Most of the homes during my mom's childhood were heated with a cast-iron wood-burning stove, which I think heats a room much better than a fireplace does but you wouldn't hang a stocking from a wood-burning stove for obvious reasons. But an empty shoe under the bed worked well. Early Christmas morning, we'd find an orange in the toe and nuts and hard ribbon candy filling the rest of the stocking. If we were lucky, our Santa would put chocolate bonbons with cream centers inside too instead of eating them all himself. Our Santa was a chocoholic, so on some years, I'll bet Mrs. Claus rode in the sleigh with him and protected the bonbons from the jolly elf. Back to Twelfth Night and the Twelve Days of Christmas. One common tradition is to place the statues of the three kings in the nativity set representing the visit to the Christ child. Another fun tradition elsewhere in the world is to bake a pea and a bean inside a cake. When the cake's served, the man who finds the bean in his slice becomes king for the night, and the woman who finds the pea becomes a queen for the night, no matter their social position. Shakespeare wrote the play Twelfth Night to be performed as a Twelfth Night entertainment. The first known performance took place in 1602 on the Christian holy day of Candlemas, February 2nd, 
which celebrates the presentation of the infant Jesus at the temple. In Spain, Twelfth Night is called Parade of Kings. In France, the king's cakes are eaten all month long. One of my children's favorite Christmas storybooks is Old Befana, the Italian legend illustrated by Tommy De Paola. La Befana is a poor and cranky old woman who is always sweeping her house. The three kings make their way to Bethlehem, pass through her village in Italy, and invite her to join with them in their journey to see the Christ child. She refuses because she is too busy sweeping. She soon regrets that decision and changes her mind and stays up all night baking cakes and cookies. She brings these gifts and her broom so she can sweep for the new mother of the infant king. When she learns that she's too late and that the king's procession has already moved on, she tries to catch up but never does. Legend has it that she is still searching for the baby Jesus. Each Epiphany Eve, she leaves on her journey and leaves gifts to all the children along her way, hoping that one of them will be the Christ child. About 1,500 years ago, in the year 567, the Council of Tours, the medieval city in France, and I'm sure I mispronounced that, which was a seat of Roman Catholic Christianity, proclaimed that the entire period between Christmas, December 25th, and Epiphany, January 6th, should be considered part of the celebration. This created what became known as the 12 Days of Christmas, or what the English called Christmastide. The song as we know it was written a few hundred years later. There are some who say that the 12 days of Christmas may have been a secret teaching tool for Catholics in England during the 18th and 19th centuries. The Church of England was established in 1534, making it convenient for King Henry VIII to be able to divorce a wife who didn't please him. Catholic and Anglican cultures didn't mix well then, and in some places of the world, they still don't. Each item in the 12 Days of Christmas song was a metaphor for a Bible story. I'll give you the secret code to the first day of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. True love symbolizes God and Jesus Christ, the partridge. Here's a few more. The second day, Two turtle doves were the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. The five golden rings of the fifth day were the books of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament. The sixth day of Christmas, six geese laying, stands for the six days of the creation of the earth. I let you look up the rest. Google search for the secret code of the 12 days of Christmas or something like that. The song is centuries old. No one knows who wrote it. Changing the subject now to another holiday tradition that some people engage in and other people avoid 
is the old year vanishes and the new year begins, let me ask you this question. Do you have or set or keep New Year's resolutions? <laughs> my list of resolutions seems to be the same every year, much like my boring Christmas list. Number one, socks. Number two, pens. Number three, gum. I'm serious, that's my wish list. Ask my five kids. I've become more specific as to what type or brand, but that's typically what I ask for. My New Year's resolutions are also the same every year. Some I keep, some I forget, then reestablish the next January 1st. A few decades ago, I wrote this song. I was 34 years old and titled it, Won't Say Goodbye to All My Dreams. There were things I knew I'd no longer do, but the song made it sound like I was sailing off into the horizon. I sang it at a ladies' book club meeting and they laughed at me, understandably, because to them, I was a youngster, a spring chicken, a sapling. Heck, I have kids now who are older than that. So I've updated it to be a decision-making, letting this go, holding on to that song. With every new year comes a firm resolution to conjure a list of new hopes and solutions for during these hours of earnest reflection comes eager ambition and deep introspection and as I approach and intend to I've still gotta let them know they leave you.
Join me in making a list of New Year's resolutions, even if the list is number one, breathe, number two, eat. It's okay to have a list of things you already do if you want to keep doing them. I plan to eat, but forget, which could explain my weight loss this past year. Two things on my list this year are number one, communicate more effectively, and number two, wear my glasses when sending emails. Last night, instead of sending the list of church hymns for the next month to the nice lady who makes the weekly bulletins for our congregation, I sent the list to the nice lady who was my daughter's dance teacher seven years ago. I hope it went to her spam folder. Come back next time And I won't bore most of you again with world history. By the way, besides math, world history was my worst subject in high school, and I still have nightmares about not completing my assignments. One day, back in the 1980s, my husband brought home a set of children's history textbooks that he'd bought at a yard sale. For some reason... Those non-intimidating paperback books beckoned me to read, and once I started, I couldn't stop. I finally understood how the Industrial Revolution changed society by removing families from their agricultural lives to city life, working factories. It took reading a fourth-grade-level set of world history books to do that for me. Now, go find a dried bean and a dried pea and bake them inside a cake. Tell everyone you serve it to to put their glasses on before they take a bite. Then have paper crowns ready to give it to the Twelfth Night King and Queen. And if you've already put your Christmas decorations away... Dig out your nativity set so you can place the wise man in front of the baby Jesus on Three Kings Day. Happy New Year! You've been listening to Song Stories, Quiet Stories, Episode 20, Twelfth Night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing down some New Year's resolutions. I'm your host, Carolyn Merced. Subscribe to this podcast at mycarolynmerset.com or on your smartphone podcast app. See ya. <laughs>